This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder, catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Good start on Sunday. Actually, it was a great start. I'm not sure the Cardinals could have asked for a better start to week one. But before we get into what happened on Sunday in Tennessee in the 38-13 win, you heard it off the top. That's right. We have to officially welcome in Drew Stanton, his first ever appearance on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports, and maybe his first ever appearance in this room. It's amazing how many guys that come through the Arizona Cardinals just don't know that this area exists. Did you know that this place existed? I didn't know this place existed. I've been over, uh, you know, where they do the press conferences and stuff like this, but this tucked in this little corner, it's it's, it's nice. Long time ago, it was a mail room where older players would get their paychecks. That's what I heard. Yeah, I mean, luckily you're we have got, direct deposit. Yeah, you're, you're a lot younger, so we, we, don't need to, we don't need to get into that. But uh, all right, let's not waste any more time. We'll get into Chandler Jones, Kyler Murray, but let's go around the room. Drew, we'll start with you. What stood out to you? Your number one takeaway from the week one performance, 38-13? Uh, just a fast start. I mean, that's what it takes. You have to take the fight to teams like that when you go on the road and you know when you travel and you're going to the East Coast to be able to come out and win situational football. And I talked about it on Sunday before the game. If they can be really good in that area, because that's really what the NFL comes down to. And they did that. The two things that stuck out to me most, obviously, backed up football. Chandler getting that sack to start the tempo was huge. But then the one that really probably went undocumented or unseen was that unbelievable catch by DeAndre in the back of the end zone. Because right there, if you don't get that, you're settling for a field goal. And every time that they tried to counterpunch, uh, Arizona came back and was able to keep that lead extended, and that's very uncomfortable for that style of an offense. 17 nothing, and the Cardinals' MJ never looked back. Yeah, I'm going to say physicality. Uh, you know, the fact that they, they uh, were willing to defer the ball and put the uh, t- Titans' offense on the field, and the way they set the tone on both sides of the ball, physicality, and that's something they talked about the entire offseason. Yeah, it was two things that GM Steve Kahn talked about, leadership and being more physical, and on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line more physical than the Titans, which I think, MJ, surprised a lot of people. I mean, it certainly surprised me. Well, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of days, and I think Drew would agree, anytime you go in a game, you hope to contain a guy like Derrick Henry, and then you hope to slow down A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, and to me, that was a surprise. They shut all three of those guys down. Yeah, they were a big non-factor. We'll get into that. But first, how about we go back to Sunday in the Cardinals locker room. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury addressing the team. A few standout performances. Starting with number 55. Hey, tying the franchise record with five sacks, Chandler Jones. The number 10 doing his thing to receiving TDs, DeAndre Hopkins. 
Another two touchdown receptions, Kirkland. doing it, making it look just like practice. Steve Kirkland. And then number one, all right, with five total touchdowns, Ooh. Tyler Murray. Hey, with that, with that, everybody's getting a game ball, fellas. Come on, Hey, let's not be satisfied with this win. Expect this is the start of something big now. Let's go. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it together. Right. Together on three. One, two, three. Together. That is Chandler Jones breaking the team down in the locker room. The other voice you heard towards the end of there was J.J. Watt saying it was expected. And that's what he said, Drew, coming off the field. The cameras caught him saying this was not a surprise. This was expected. And I don't know if anyone outside that locker room expected a performance like that. I think we expected a high-scoring game, maybe back and forth. But just shutting down, as MJ said earlier, no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill. They were just basically registered non-factors. Yeah, it was a great job. I mean, you could sense that within this organization with Vance Joseph and and the versatility of this team right now. That's what is most exciting moving forward. You look at guys, especially linebacker play, uh, Isaiah Simmons, to be able to have an effect not only at the line of scrimmage, but also in the back end to get an interception. He was all over the field. And yes, Chandler and his five sacks were tremendous. And that, as much as anything, is going to shut down Julio Jones and A.J. Brown from getting a chance to even get started because you know that it's on the quarterback so fast that he doesn't have a chance to even get the ball in their hands. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, Cliff talked about, you know, every time he would walk by Vance's office during the offseason, he was watching Titans film. And obviously when they acquired Julio, but he went back two or three years. And so for these guys in the coaching staff, I don't think they were surprised now, again, to shut those three guys down. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's been a really good underrated quarterback, but he did not deal with the pressure in that game. Yeah, he was pressured, I believe, 17 of 41 dropbacks, according to Next Gen Stats. That was better than 41%. But that pressure, though, Drew, was just sometimes just four guys, five guys. It wasn't like there was a ton, there was an extra player coming in into the backfield. Which is huge. When you can get pressure with four, when you can get home with four, it makes everybody else feel better about what you're doing. Then you can drop guys back into zone, you can do all these things, and if the quarterback not completely accurate with his throw that's where you get those tip picks you get those things where you can kind of shut it down and you're staying ahead of the chains and Vance called a tremendous game and again they played hand in hand because you look offensively at what they were able to do the equal distribution across the board was remarkable if you can keep those levels of of targets and catches for everybody it's going to be fantastic what did you think of Marco Wilson I mean I thought he held his own Byron Murphy probably got to had two picks I mean the fact is that <laughs> you know close. the Cardinals were really excited about Byron Murphy and obviously Marco Wilson stood out played in the SEC I was thoroughly impressed with his uh, debut yeah, I saw him right off the bat that first game in the preseason even. The way he carried himself, the way he went out there, and it never seemed too big for him. Some guys have their eyes wide open. Any of those things, and even talking with him post game, you could see he has that level of professionalism, that leadership quality already where, hey, he doesn't need to go out there and talk about it. He's just going to back it up with the way that he plays. And again, he made some great tackles because it's not a secret. Derrick Henry's going to run at corners. He's going to be able to do that. They want to get the edge. And I think for those guys to answer the bell, and like you said, they were close to having a couple picks. Byron Murphy very easily could have had two interceptions, one of which would have ended up in a touchdown. So it was a very excitable um, level of play across the board for everybody. And it's kind of ironic that one of the guys that's probably the, one of the best players on defense, Buda Baker, 
still had a good day, but wasn't a centerpiece as you would think. He had two half tackles on Derrick Henry. In fact, that secondary only had two tackles at all. And Isaiah Simmons last week, MJ, mentioned that, hey, to contain Derrick Henry, he needs to stay off the secondary, and they did exactly that. Well, I mean, till the late in the game where he was basically padding his stats, um, the fact is that he, you know, everyone was concerned about his stiff arm, and he gets to the second layer, a four-yard gain becomes a 20-yard gain. That did not happen, and I think that was surprising. And again, you know, I know there was a lot of hype about the Titans based on what they did last year going out and getting Julio, but you start to look at it, Bud Dupree coming off an ACL, uh, Janoris Jenkins, according to the Rabel, his footwork was not great there. I thought Fulton played better than him. So I don't know how good they're going to be. And they got to go to Seattle this week and play Russell Wilson on the road. It might have been a good thing for the Cardinals to get this Titans team in week one as opposed to later on because you don't know when Derrick Henry is going to get rolling. 17 carries for 58 yards. 10 of those 17 rushing attempts, though, for two or fewer yards. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury and what the defense was able to do against King Henry. Those guys got after him early, and, and they weren't able to get into their play-action stuff because they couldn't establish the run, and that was, I think, the key to most of the game. It started from play number one, Drew. You talked about setting the tone, and Chandler Jones beating Taylor Lewan for the TFL on Henry he would have his way with Lewan throughout the entire game, but those early tackle for losses, whether it was Corey Peters or J.J. Watt, and Derek Henry, I think, was surprised because he wasn't able to get to the line of scrimmage or even past the line of scrimmage early on. Yeah, you know, I think that if you look at the blueprint, and it's a copycat league, right? You look at what happened last year in the playoffs, you see that, okay, how can you stop this NFL leading rusher from getting going. You don't want to get him comfortable. You don't want to get him in his own. And like MJ was talking about, a little bit of the yards that he was getting, it was when they were playing soft coverage. They were keeping everything in front of them. So those statistics are a little bit tricky to even give him that much credit for because he truly never got going downhill. And again, it's just a testament to the game plan, but also those guys going out and executing it. Everybody played their role. JJ did a, f- a phenomenal job of getting out there, his patent swim move, being in the backfield, just wreaking havoc. And again, that's infectious. You play with emotion. That's how defenses need to come out to be able to do that, especially on the road to take the crowd out of it. Henry's longest run 19 yards it didn't happen until the third quarter you subtract those 19 yards and MJ Henry finishes 16 carries for 39 yards 2.4 yards per carry it's no different than what the Ravens were able to do in last year's playoff game and that's why the Titans went one and done last season yeah like I said I I I figured one of those guys would put up 100 yards whether it was rushing or receiving and, and Julio got a really a Bonehead penalty he was going at with Murphy didn't make Vrabel very happy. But Vrabel announced after the game that they they didn't prepare the team to certain formations the Cardinals were going to run, and they didn't realize you know what the defense was going to look. I think going into the game we all thought it's going to be a shootout based on the secondary, the uncertainty with both secondaries. Caleb Farley didn't play a high draft pick. Molden they drafted in the third round. Um, you know, so they, I, I thought it'd be a high scoring game, but I thought one guy would kind of try to carry them, but that did not happen. 38 13, the final. JJ Watt mic'd up. You can go to the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel to see some of that. And he was quoted as saying, This is not a surprise. This is the expectation. End quote. The bar has been set. We know what this team is capable of doing. 
and we'll get into what we saw from a couple of those players as the show continues. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Dave Pash Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. year-round. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Tannehill takes, fakes the run in trouble. Gets hit. Chandler Jones forces a fumble. It's picked up by Corey Peters. Hit from behind by Jones and sack. They cannot block. 55. Here comes Chandler Jones, another sack. Chandler Jones is obliterating Taylor Lewan. Hit by Jones, fumbles the ball. It's loose and recovered by the Cardinals. Another sack. Chandler Jones is fourth, tying a career high. Tannehill on fourth down, hit and sacked. Chandler Jones, five sacks on the day for 55. Right now, you could not find one hair on Ryan Tannehill's back because it has been thoroughly waxed by the professor who's got the PhD in back waxing, Chandler Jones with his fifth sack. Spent more time in the Titans' backfield than Derrick Henry might have. Chandler Jones, in addition to those career-high five sacks, also had six tackles, two forced fumbles, six quarterback hits, and four tackles for loss. And as we talked about it in the opening segment here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, it was from play number one. Chandler Jones tackling Henry for a three-yard loss, and it just continued that entire first quarter. Three sacks. Sack number three, by the way, the 100th of Jones's career. Now he just needs one more sack and he becomes the Cardinals all-time franchise sack leader. Chandler Jones, a man on a mission, Drew, and uh, well, from your perspective as a quarterback in this league, when you have someone like that, are you doing anything? Are you telling anything to the coaches, to the tackles, to try to figure out how to stop 55 from coming in and getting in my face? You have to. I think that starts throughout the course of the week, though. And it was hard because there wasn't much tape to go off of, right? They missed their last preseason game. You didn't know where Chandler was at. And it's, it's documented around here that he wanted a new contract and and he was going to go out there and prove it. And so I think there's definitely ways throughout the course of this week for the Vikings <clears throat> to prepare for that, whether they chip with the back, whether they keep a tight end, in they try and just interrupt and disrupt those pass lanes for him but he's so good at you know contorting his body in different ways doing things he's so savvy when he's out there and you have to pick your poison because there's a lot of guys up front that can hurt you it is week one mj but jones looks quicker we've talked about how he's looked in training camp he's lost weight he looks leaner but getting off the ball, getting off the line of scrimmage, and he had a step, sometimes a step and a half, before anyone realized where he was going. And they they were trying to run slide protection, and he still was getting there. And that's basically trying to say we're going to we're gonna make sure where he is, and I agree with Drew. I mean, it's going to be a little bit different, but now that it's on tape, you have to defend it, and there's other guys on that defense that can rush the passer. Marcus Golden, you throw in a guy like Isaiah Simmons. I think uh, Kennard did a really good job setting the edge. And really, it all started with the, with the D line, uh, where they're getting a little pressure and obviously forcing them to throw the ball. But yeah, he's motivated. He's betting on himself, and you know we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's one game. Uh, last year, he came into camp out of shape. Um, I think it led to his injury. He was over over playing. 
Um, he had one sack in five games. So listen, um, he's betting on himself. But he, I mean, you and I were talking. I'm like, what he did in that game, a premier pass rusher, that'd be a month's worth of work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's remarkable. You look at that, and, and he's well on pace and everything, but you can see just he's always been a technician, and he was a great teammate uh, being able to play with him when he was here. But to see him take that step, uh, you know, and he is playing with that chip on his shoulder, and you only need, you know, two or three of those a game that can change the outcome. He did it consistently five times and was close to a couple more. And the two strip sacks, the two forced fumbles, the Cardinals were able to score touchdowns off of both of those turnovers. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on his defensive end slash outside linebacker. As good as I've seen since I've been here, there's no doubt. I mean, he was dominant. He's been unblockable in practice at times where it's almost like, I'm like, do we tell him to go sit out a few series so we can get a pass off? Um, so I knew he, he was going to impact the game. I didn't know he was going to have five sacks, but he's been playing at an extremely high level. There were question marks, MJ, about Chandler Jones going into this season. Forget the contract, just because last year you referenced it, a torn biceps injury, only played five games. He got hurt at New York against the Jets, and just how was he going to be? And it's a arm injury versus a leg or a knee or an ankle, but he certainly has worked hard to, and even last season, I mean, one sack in five games, he did not get off to a good start a year ago, and that's the difference this season. Yeah, and and I'm sure that when he went back and looked at the film, he probably thought I went in heavy. I, I just know, I follow him on social media, he was working out around the clock, and yeah, he may have not been here for everything when it came to offseason stuff, but they had a conversation on media day, him and the general manager. I was, I was walking down the hall, and I walked out with Chandler that day. So clearly they had a conversation as to you know where they're at. Uh, I don't know the information there, but the fact is that you know he's, he's a guy that feels like you know he deserves a new contract, and we'll just have to let it play out. You know, technically the Cardinals do have the franchise tag in back-to-back years. I don't think anybody wins there, but they do have that in their back pocket. Now, J.J. Watt was held without a sack, but he still was a presence along that defensive line, Drew. And how much do you think his presence and the fact that his history against the Tennessee Titans and all of a sudden, not that they forgot about Chandler Jones, but it's hard to block everyone when you have a Chandler Jones and a J.J. Watt, whether they're on opposite sides or together. Well, I think all of those pieces add to the puzzle, right? When you're a game plan and you go in and you look at it and you say, okay, who can wreck a game for us? And we start there and then like the Minnesota Vikings will do this week how can we stop Chandler Jones and then Isaiah Simmons we need to be able to put him in check so week one when you don't know these variables and you've got to go across the board and you look at these guys that you mentioned um, J.J. Watt's one of them but part of the reason why Steve Kime and these guys went out and got people like this was for this very instance much even like in the beginning of the season last year to go get Marcus Golden back here to be able to put pressure on the quarterback because that's where it all begins when you can do that and you have one guy you can key in on it's much much easier than multiple guys across the front or these different you know exotic packages that you're going to be able to get to with Isaiah Simmons different guys rushing the passer it just creates problems and it's another element to prepare for let's go back to Tennessee post game Paul Calvisi catching up with Christian Kirk and obviously everyone wanted to know what was it like from their perspective on the sidelines watching Chandler Jones perform you know Chandler Jones might have put on the best football performance I've ever seen in my life I mean I saw it all offseason, you know, working out um, and just seeing his mindset and the way he approached it. And uh, especially during during, you know, practice, you know, leading up to this week, it's not surprising. And all those guys, all 11 over there, you know, they played their hearts out. You know, that wasn't an easy task whatsoever. And they came out and made a statement. 
Six total sacks by the Cardinals. Michael Dogby had number six. There were nine quarterback hits, but you brought up something, Drew, about having a Marcus Golden, a Devon Kennard, Isaiah Simmons, and then a rotation along that defensive line where you can't key on one guy. And that defensive line as a whole, I thought, did a great job of setting the tone at the line of scrimmage and making sure that Chandler Jones had those easy lanes into the backfield. Yeah, they were very disruptive across the board. And as soon as that doubt starts creeping in in the offensive line and they feel like they're getting pushed back, whether it's one guy or two guys, you know, you can taste that on a defensive line. And as far as Chandler getting paid, like everybody wants to see that. Within that locker room, everybody's got each other's back. And that's the beauty of this sport is even, you know, in Pittsburgh, it was talking about uh, T.J. Watt getting paid guys want to see their teammates getting taken care of and so everybody was a cheerleader I mean you could see how that affected everybody on the sidelines even offensive guys because it's well noted and documented um, a player of his caliber if you can get the most out of him it just makes everything else so much easier by the way Drew have you ever had LeBron James tweet about you during the course of a ball game not once but twice (laughs) I don't think so I think uh no, I, uh, not 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 in any regard. <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. That was something that you know you you get five sacks, MJ, and that's going to open up a lot of people's eyes. And now it's not that we expect this each and every week, but Chandler Jones, he think I think he has that possibility of getting to that twenty mark and maybe even beyond if things continue the way they are. Yeah, I mean, I. I I think if we get to the through the month of September, where is he at? I mean, I think, you know, if he's up to 9 or 10, which, you know, maybe won the next couple of games or a couple, I mean, now you got to start talking about the record. I mean, I think it's feasible. Now, again, one game, uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Last year, Hassan Reddick had five sacks um, against the Giants. And so, it, again, I just think it's hard to do that week in and week out, especially now when they're going to put a target on you. Well, and that's the thing. Now it's on film, and how do you adjust? And maybe this does open it up now for a Marcus Golden on the other side or J.J. Watt to get loose or someone else that would have not maybe this kind of a day, Drew, but someone that could cause some headaches for that Vikings offense. Exactly. It opens the door for a Hassan Reddick type of performance because everybody was keyed on Chandler last year. And I think you feel good going into it. When you have a high-paid left tackle like Taylor Lewan, one of the best in the league, and Chandler can abuse him like he did there time and time again. Now, again, the structure of the game, how it played out, all of those things add into that. But if you can just get one or two of those a game and pile those on, then yes, you are talking logistically about being very close to the record, which at this point in time, after week one where you sit, there's no reason to believe that it's not attainable. And then there were other plays in which Chandler did get close or someone else would get close and that pocket was was not alive for very long for Ryan Tannehill to where I think a lot of those throws he rushed just to avoid getting hit oh yeah I mean it it doesn't matter who you are when you're a quarterback and you're sitting back there and you feel like the time clock speeding up and speeding up and speeding up the greatest quarterbacks in this league, when you start getting pressure on them, you feel that around your feet. You start hurrying throws. You look at that. You look at Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against the Giants. It doesn't matter who you are. Once you start feeling that, hearing that, especially on your blind side, there, that clock speeds up and you rush throws. You miss throws. The, there's a level of comfort that goes away as soon as that happens, and that happened right off the bat You know, from the very beginning for the Cardinals. Now, when it comes to playing the quarterback position, and you played it 13 years in the NFL, I always talk about sacks. You know, a guy plays 65 snaps a game, he may get one or two. But the hurries, pressures, knockdowns, to get you off your spot, 
How effective is that for any defense? It's huge. Uh, I think especially guys that are comfortable getting off the spot's the biggest thing because that's where the mistakes occur. When you're not being able to throw from a platform, when you're not being able to throw consistently, and the vast majority of guys in this league should be able to take a three-step drop, be in rhythm, hit their guy when they have a clean pocket. Now, the there's the other component that that doesn't exist very often, especially with defensive coordinators getting creative with different line games, with different pressures, blitzes, all of those things. So then it becomes this cat and mouse game of how can you keep it up front and you look at a guy that comes to mind that always had a very solid um, pocket in the interior Drew Brees he was very comfortable even though he was short he always had hit that clean feet so he could be able to keep his wide base stay stay very unbalanced and be able to deliver the ball accurately when you start messing with that when you start feeling uncomfortable or, or you know you have hands in front of your face or any of these things and you feel that internal push it becomes extremely difficult to continue within a play-action passing game, the timing of all of those things, of the Julio Joneses and A.J. Browns, everything gets a little bit helter-skelter, and it flows from there. Ryan Tannehill just 21 of 35 for 212 yards. Julio Jones, three catches. A.J. Brown, four catches. So seven catches combined on 14 targets. And there was a lot of misfiring by Ryan Tannehill. And we'll get into that as the show continues here as we have hit halftime on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Need to remind Bird Gang that single game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. Of course, the home opener this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. Also, the Day Patch Podcast, Episode 7, available now with special guest James Roday from Psych and a Million Little Things. Follow along via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. Episode 8 drops on Wednesday and features NFL Red Zone host Scott Hansen. Craig Raylu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Yeah, there was some offense on Sunday. 38 points, a lot of that because of Kyler Murray. We'll talk about that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Snap to Murray, straight drop back. Feeling pressure. Flushed out of the pocket to the right. Now throws back across the middle, and it's caught in the back of the end zone by Hopkins. And he got his feet down for the touchdown. Quick throw over the middle. Hopkins has a catch of the 10. Turns to his left at the 5 and hits Pater. Touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Run Murray to the right. Sticks the ball out. Walks into the end zone. Pitches it to the official. It's a two-yard touchdown run. That's J.J. Watt eye candy on the left side. A fade, deep right side, over the shoulder, catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Fires right side of the end zone, back shoulder, Kirk adjusts beautifully and pulls it in for the touchdown. Christian Kirk with his second touchdown, and the Cardinals lead it 37-13. All five of Kyler Murray's touchdowns, Four passing, one rushing. He finished with 289 yards through the air, just 20 yards on the ground, but a two-yard run with J.J. Watt and Lucky Fotu on the field. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki here talking about the Cardinals' 38-13 win in Week 1 over a very good Tennessee Titans team, a team many people believe could be potential Super Bowl contender here in 2021. Obviously, they were not looking like that in Week 1. But, Drew, it's great to have you here on this particular day, given your background at the quarterback position For what you saw on Sunday, was there a particular touchdown throw or the touchdown run 
Or maybe there was something else of Kyler Murray's game that really stood out to you. Well, I think he talked about, even in the offseason, about not wanting to run too much, staying healthy. And that's a key element, right? There's going to be designed runs that happen on the goal line, keeping people honest and, and making them defend all 11 players in every aspect when you get in the red zone. Again, situational football. How you can you make sure that you're getting touchdowns as opposed to kicking field goals? And I think he did a great job of delivering the ball to everybody. I mean, even though... Uh, A.J. Green only had two catches. I think he got targeted six times. Everybody across the ball, Rondell Moore was catching the ball. He did a great job of utilizing his backs. So anytime you get that and you can convert that, but really to me and everybody around here in Arizona has known it, Christian Kirk, if he can just stay healthy, and I said this in the broadcast before, he can be an X factor for you because you look at that, the over-the-shoulder catch, you know, the, the Willie Mays catch that he made for the touchdown was tremendous and being able to handle pressure to show that you can handle pressure as a quarterback that's not just for week one, that's an entire thing that carries on because everybody's watching that film and you show that you can beat pressure and you can handle it, you're not going to see it because defensive coordinators are terrified by that all right let me ask you this Uh, i found out that christian kirk's playing in the h position which a lot of people tell me that's natural position what's the difference in x y and z and h you know what i i don't know if i've heard it h is f i assume in the same uh same thing and for me being on the inside and being comfortable within that role i think is great for him because he is dynamic you look at that of what a traditional guy than andy isabella or rondell moore putting him in the slot but christian can do all of those things and he can stretch the field for you even from the slot position and being able to get those matchups because sometimes when you're going up against slot corners guys that like to guess more guys that like to undercut routes and when you have the speed to beat that vertically down the field like he did on that touchdown it was tremendous job and and being able to do that multiple times and set that is just going to be able to expand the field even more because DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his targets I would assume AJ is going to get his targets but if Christian Kirk can be that X factor on the inside or the H factor for lack of a better term um, he can really do some things because that's the comfort that's the security blanket when you find a guy and he can win that matchup because the outside corners those are guys getting paid a ton of money the slot corners the nickels those are the guys that are a little bit more savvy longer in the tooth might not run as well but are going to be able to do that and not probably make as much money what did you see from Kyler sitting more in the pocket we talked about it the entire offseason with that u-shape rodney hudson up front what did you think of Murray about staying in the pocket and going through his progressions i think he did a tremendous job of just being comfortable right you can see that when guys get antsy i.e. Ryan Tannehill, he was not comfortable in the pocket. Kyler was very comfortable stepping into his throws, changing arm angles, being able to put different touch on the ball when he needed to, or you know let it unleash because he's got a very strong arm. But you don't always need to make that throw. You can you know uh, I think the the more air you put under the ball, the less accurate you have to be because you give your wide receiver the ability to adjust to the ball in the air. And he did that twice with Christian Kirk, and Christian caught both of those, which was great because both of them were contested. And I think that that being able to do that have confidence across the board um, with every single target that you're throwing to it's a testament of the offensive line of what they're doing but also the run game you look at that balance carry that 1a 1b that everybody's talking about too being able to do that and then rely on Kyler's feet just a little bit is really the game plan you want moving forward there was a lot of air under that first touchdown throw to Christian Kirk the basket catch you referenced Willie Mays well Christian Kirk post game with Paul Calvisi brought up Willie Mays as well yeah, it was kind of my nickname all week because I made the same catch in practice. So uh, everybody was saying that was a Willie Mays catch, you know, all practice all week. And then, you know, I came out here and was able to recreate it basically on the same play and same throw. So glad, uh, you know, we're taking it from practice to the to the game and uh, being able to execute. 
Now, Kingsbury on Monday, Drew, said that Murray checked into that play in a play that they did practice during the week, yet I don't know. We see it a lot, but when Kyler Murray throws off his back foot, it doesn't look good. It found its way into the arms of Christian Kirk, but that play just had so much wrong to it, yet to hear that, oh yeah, it's a design play, we work on it, and it was successful in practice and once again successful on Sunday. Well, I think the play all started with Rodney Hudson and being able to identify pressure and change the protection to get it to a max protection to allow him. Okay, I, I see that. I understand that. Yes, he checked it. He did not everybody good on the outside, but Rodney shorted up on the inside. And being able to, to do those things, communicate, those were the missing pieces last year where Kyler's kind of scrambling or doing all those things, even where he kind of scrambled a little bit like a half roll on the touchdown to DeAndre that he threw in the back of the end zone. Those are the things that don't get documented that make all the difference for a quarterback to feel comfortable of Rodney saying, okay, well, let's slide everything and let's shore up this pocket and we know then with the one guy that you got to negotiate we're going to leave him for you so it was a great play by Kyler knowing that but I would imagine there's a little bit of uh hey thanks a lot for getting to that Rodney and that right there MJ is why we have players on this show and it's good to have a quarterback perspective because that's the one thing that we did not discuss when we discussed that play either post game or this week and that's seeing the entire field not just where the ball is. Uh, I can't tell you how excited we were when we found out that Drew could be interested. And we've had defensive players, Kyle Vandenbosch, Rob Fredrickson, Bertram Berry. And so now we get it from the other side of the ball. And and, and great insight there because a lot of things we don't see and we think we know, but we always look at the result and what could have happened. Now, a couple of those uh, runs were negated by penalties. You had a holding penalty by Rondell Moore, and you had a holding penalty by A.J. Green. I think they're going to miss Larry, at least in the blocking there. But what about him running out of bounds and, instead of throwing the ball away and taking that sack? Well, I, that's something you just kind of sit back and you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have done it. And nobody hates that more than an offensive line coach. <laughs> I can tell you that from being around this league. Is you know, Coogs probably went up to him, or he was griping at some point during the week because you know that gets put on their stat sheet and that's where they make their hay. But again, it's a learning process. It's something you're, that you just talk about and you move on, and you hope is not replicated throughout the course of the year. And it could be week one jitters. It could be anything. Um, but. Again, that's that's small down the sure. Scale. It didn't affect him. Yeah, it didn't affect him. And again, like it was great to not see him just put his head down and run and keep his eyes up and try and create and extend plays because he's so good at doing that. Kyler Murray finished with 309 total yards, five total touchdowns. Of course, obviously, it was good to get the win, 38 to 13. Kyler Murray post game asked about how to sustain that opening week success. How you sustain it? You got to keep working hard, uh, keep that mindset, um, and that's what we'll do. You know, I, I, like I said, I, I won't let our offense get complacent. Um, we know how good we can be. We know the sky's the limit for us. But at the end of the day, uh, penalties, turnovers, stuff like that can't happen. You know, I was talking to somebody uh, earlier today upstairs, and they feel like that Kyler Murray has definitely matured and he's become a better leader. I don't know if he'll ever be a great leader just because maybe he's not vocal, but he this is his football team. What have you seen the growth in the last couple of years or from last year to this year? Well, I think it's just a maturation process of knowing what to expect. And I don't think you have to be a vocal leader to be a great leader. I've been around some guys that were phenomenal leaders that did it in different forms in different ways. Um, some people would doubt their leadership, even at the quarterback position, because, well, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not this. Not. I mean, even Carson. Some people would say that. But if you knew what Carson would do behind the scenes, right. building relationships and doing all of that, there's so much that can be made in that as opposed to sitting out there and leading a hoorah 
Ross session before the game. If that's not in your temperament, if that's not who you are, and everybody I've been around at this position, younger guys, is like, you have to be authentic with who you are. And then people will gravitate towards that. Yep. I agree and, with that. and I think within him, he's still kind of getting comfortable. And he came in here and you know took some lumps early on, didn't win as many games, and lost more games in you know a month than he did ever in his whole life. And through through those trials is where you get the most growth. And I think through going through that, being um, honest about the evaluation process of where you really need to do and what you need to do to take that next step to be a playoff team, to get into the dance, to get a chance to win a ring. Then you start looking at okay, well, here's where I can do that, and I, you know I, I'm a big proponent of that room being very solid and going out and getting a guy like Colt McCoy that's been there, done that, and adds a level of consistency. Just somebody to bounce the wall off, you know, bounce the ball off the wall with, and, and just feel comfortable, create that safe haven for the quarterback is so important. Kyler brought that up before the season started about what we see versus what his teammates see in that locker room as far as how vocal he is, how much he does speak, because there is a difference between being around your teammates versus being around people that you're just not familiar with or comfortable around. So Kyler Murray, we are seeing him grow right before our eyes. Bird Gang, make sure you catch the premiere episode of Cardinals Folktales, Legendary Locker, available now on the Cardinals YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Learn how a longtime Cardinals employee that would be our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. Save Pat Tillman's final locker from destruction during 2015 renovations. Story also available in podcast form. Search Cardinals Folktales wherever you get your podcasts. When we come back, well, there are some other standouts we haven't discussed. Some we already have, but we'll get into that as we continue here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. They run Henry off the left side, and he's dumped immediately. And it's Isaiah Simmons knifing into the backfield to take him down. What a play by Simmons. You want to talk about playing downhill. Isaiah Simmons coming from the backside. The weak side inside linebacker making a play on King Henry, baby. Tannehill takes the shotgun snap, backs up, has time, steps up, throws over the middle, deflected into the air, and it is intercepted by Isaiah Simmons at the 45-yard line. Isaiah Simmons with a heads-up play. A team high seven, excuse me, seven solo tackles, but a team high nine tackles, including that interception and a couple of passes defense for Isaiah Simmons. Five of those tackles on Derrick Henry. And yes, Isaiah Simmons in year two. Quite the difference from a year ago, week one at San Francisco. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki talking about Isaiah Simmons and some of the other standouts, which we have kind of touched on here and there. But MJ, you look at Simmons specifically he was on the post game show with Paul Calvisi and he said that he probably thought he played four different positions which is kind of probably where we're going to see him but he was wherever that football was there was number nine yeah I mean now I I think if you're an opposing offensive coordinator besides ID and where J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones you got to find out where Isaiah Simmons he can line up in the slot he can cover tight ends he can rush the passer and, you know, last year was a struggle early on, no preseason, no offseason. And I thought he would make a huge jump. And he's one of the playmakers on defense. I mean, the fact that he was in position to make that interception, um, 
You know, he's not as physical as Zayvon Collins, but he still likes to lay the lumber. So I'm really excited and bullish about him in his second year. And I think, Drew, it was not lost on people, but we didn't know just how much it means to have an entire offseason, an entire preseason, and those reps, especially for young players, especially for a rookie. All of a sudden, the first time we see him in uniform is week one at San Francisco. He gets burned, maybe gets lost in his head a little bit, and we don't see him until later on in the season. Now, it's this is what the Cardinals and why they drafted him in the first round. Yeah, when you make a top 10 pick and you invest that in somebody, and Steve Kime believes in you in that way, these are the results you want to see. These are the games that, that you want to grow accustomed to, and as he was talking about when you're playing four different positions it's hard enough to learn one position and the keys and the checks within what's going on and then be able to go out and play fast and so by having a longer time period in the system being comfortable with all of it you don't have to think as much you just go out and play and it's reactionary there's a confidence level that goes in with that and seeing the way that he was able to affect the game at each level in the backfield at uh, the line of scrimmage you know the mid level and then again the off the, the pick like uh, Mike was talking about like you get a chance to see how versatile he can be um, when he's comfortable and it's a really really uh, exciting dynamic to add to the game well here's his head coach Cliff Kingsbury and what he saw from Simmons he's a gamer there's no doubt um, he shows up and he loves to play uh, when you get him out there when the lights are on so it was uh fun to watch you know he's a guy who, who we've moved around some and and just continues to flash and make plays we talked about Simmons having those two passes defense Byron Murphy had three passes defense that entire secondary did its job against Julio Jones and AJ Brown and now you look MJ at week two not a replication uh, a replication as far as offensively but Kirk Cousins Dalvin Cook Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen what we talk about the Titans Good quarterback, good running back, two good wide receivers, and the Cardinals defense is going to see it again this week. Yeah, I want to get Drew's thoughts before we have to sign off. How do you think Mike Zimmer is going to attack this Cardinal offense? Yeah, well, I think it's well documented how he approaches defense. He's very aggressive. He wants to play more zone, but he's trying to get you in zone pressure style of play. He's going to have those linebackers up on the line of scrimmage. He doesn't want to let you just um, sit there and try and run the ball down your throat. He's going to have a very gap-sound defense, but then there's a cat-and-mouse game that goes within that he's going to try and break down your protection he's going to try and attack protection and see where he can find that weakest link and get the ball out of his hands to make mistakes again it comes down to turnover so being great in situational football is where it would start from my standpoint and again you're getting Patrick Peterson back in here so there's there's no shortage of drama there yeah there's the other storyline coming up on Sunday at 105 8 30 a.m the pregame coverage begins single game tickets on sale now visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks that's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X week one MJ the Vikings lose in overtime on the road to the Bengals 27-24 and just doing a little reading on what happened in that game from the Vikings perspective they're going back to the 12 penalties 11 called against the offense yeah and and they had more penalties that were negated and literally they were in position to win the game Delvin Cook fumbled the football they would have got in field goal range. And yes, it was overtime, and, and Cousins threw for a ton of yards, but the penalties really hurt them. Put them behind the sticks. Uh, just undisciplined football team at, the, at that point. But they had a chance to win if he didn't fumble the ball. Yeah, it was not good from the Vikings' perspective. Drew, you brought it up. Patrick Peterson, if you're the Cardinals, Kingsbury was asked specifically about it on Monday. Is that something that you would target in your game plan? And very PC, Kingsbury says, no, I'm looking to 
get my matchups the best I can no matter what. But when you have a player that returns and is going to be amped up, probably the biggest game, he's circled it on the calendar. Do you try to exploit that or try to make that to your advantage somehow on the other side? No. I mean, once you get going and you get rolling, again, the balance across the board of guys getting the ball in their hands from the wide receiver position, you feel good about whoever it is. So uh, as a guy like Kyler, he's going to go through his read, his progression, wherever the ball takes you, you feel confident about it. Now, you have to be cognizant that Patrick is one of the best corners in this league over the last decade, but you're also not afraid to go after it. Like This this wide receiving core is as good as it gets in the NFL, and I would take a matchup like that, and you have to test the water a little bit. So, I mean, Patrick was a phenomenal teammate, uh, a great guy to play with, uh, one of the best corners uh, in this league, and so he's going to be fired up. But at the same time, you have to go out, you have to execute your game plan, whatever that may be. And quickly here, if if they're playing zone, that Kyler's got to be able to go through his progressions be a little bit more accurate? Yeah, I, I think just ball placement becomes big. And Patrick's, Patrick then has eyes on the quarterback as opposed to the, the defender, and so he can jump stuff, he can do things, and Patrick is very smart. It, uh, again, when the ball's in the air, he's like a wide receiver, so you have to be cognizant of that. Those skills don't diminish, uh, even though you think his speed isn't there. He's going to have every ounce of energy and give you everything he has across the ball, and they have to be prepared for that. Off the top of your head, real quick, how many times did Patrick, if at all, beat you Friday in the quarterback challenge getting those footballs into the garbage can oh every once in a while he got lucky and they'd fall in (laughs) Um, but most of the time he just paid his way out so he didn't have to wear the costume (laughs) all or nothing that's all I got to say just go some great stuff Drew appreciate it one down and we'll see you plenty of times this season Cardinals again host the Vikings coming up on Sunday 105 p.m. 830 a.m. the pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Jim Omohundro, Def Jarge. For Mike Jarecki, Drew Stanton, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. The Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. He got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.